receives a signal broadcast every second of every day through our television sets. Even when the set is turned off, look around the environment we live in. Carbon dioxide, fluorocarbons, and methane have increased since 1958. Earth is being acclimatized. They are turning our atmosphere into their atmosphere. We are like a natural resource to them. Deplete the planet, move on to another. They want benign indifference. They want us drugged. We could be pets. We could be food. But all we really are is livestock. We are in very early development. Some things work, some things don't. We haven't totally decided where the game is headed, so things will change. Things will change a lot. We might even make changes that you think are wrong, but we have a plan. It's in our best interest to make the game awesome, so please trust us. Welcome to Rustcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 9 of the 36th Man Podcast. We are back, and we are back with Rustcast, actually. We're joined today by myself, or with myself. Is that, how the hell do you say that? By myself? With myself? <laughs> anyway, I'm Chris. Uh, we got Jimmy here, Anthony, and our special guest, Mitch Dyer from IGN. What's up, man? I'm also here by myself, for <laughs> myself, on myself. I'm not here by myself. We're all so we're doing, alone, but together. <laughs> we're doing a we're doing a special cast today. This with is, a focus. With a, this is a cast with a mission, and the mission is to find out more about Rust. I'm obsessed with this Rust thing. How long have you guys been playing? Because you guys are okay. you guys are fairly new recruits, right? Yes. Yes. I'm super new. So that's what I was gonna say. We have a full spectrum here between the four of us. We have mm -hmm. Anthony, who's played. Once, we have oh myself my who. Okay, so Anthony's played just just today. Yeah. We have myself <laughs> who have probably put in, I've probably put in eight hours or so, somewhere okay. between like six and eight hours. I have how, how long have you put in? Okay, so Jimmy's I, got twenty four in. Okay, I am. Let me check my Steam because it's gonna be. I want to be as accurate <laughs> as possible here. Eighty five hours. Eighty five hours. Uh, so that's got since the, the middle of December. Because it came out, I think Rust was officially launched in early access alpha on December 13th-ish. Uh, and it was out there before that. You just had to be getting like special access keys. So we got in fairly early on the ground floor, my crew and I. Uh, and we've been playing fairly nonstop. I probably would have crossed 100 by now, but I had to go home for Christmas for like 12 days. Which <laughs> was uh, awful. Who wants no to Rust. Because yeah. I found out the hard way that Rust will not run on a Mac. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hey, so I'm running Rust on a Mac. Sorcerer. What are your secrets? I, yeah. <laughs> I am me. running. I am running Rust on my MacBook Pro. It's a fairly new MacBook Pro. It's the new uh, uh, solid state 
um, Retina display. Are you boot camping or are you playing? No, on, oh, I'm okay. playing it on iOS. Oh, you don't use Windows. or iOS, iOS OS X. X. I'm playing iOS it on X. iOS, guys. Uh, I'm playing it on OS X. So okay. And it took it took me three or four days to tinker with all the settings to find the right setting. Well, and it took two updates for me to Oof. find like the right, the perfect setting that right. will actually play on my Mac. Which so, is, so was that. Was that part of the the newest updates, like the game updates? Did they apply anything to make Max function better? The one that was Friday. There was an update Friday, or was it yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Friday was the big update where they patched in uh, like combo lock doors so that people could share their doors. Oh, those are the best! Oh I my love god, that. I got right, so, so that one had nothing to do with the Max side, but the one before that, which I believe was last weekend or maybe in the middle of the week, yeah, sometime. The, uh, January twentieth. Yeah, that was the okay, big so patch update that, that fixed one, some rubber banding. Yes, yeah. that one is the one that like officially let me run fine. Before okay. that, it was like I had to do some serious source rework. It was right. like I had to set the resolutions like two or three from the top, which I'm on a Retina display, so it's like I, it would it just looked like garbage. It ran like garbage, <laughs> but I still right. played. Yeah, and uh, that that update totally fixed a lot of stuff for me. I still have to set the resolution fairly low and I still have to set like rendering and all that like fairly low okay but I'm playing but it works that's what's important so so we yeah. should probably actually explain conceptually like what rust is for people who yeah that's know. what I was gonna say what uh, go go ahead and like what what is rust what is so this? I I would describe it as an open-world survival game uh, in the likes of which is combined it combines elements of Daisy and Minecraft you know you have these sorts of crafting elements where you collect supplies and then use it to build structures and things like that uh, but it's also got that air of realism, kind of like DayZ, where it's it's an MMO style, tons of people in the same server, all with the same purpose, which is just to not die. <laughs> which I haven't been very good at. Yeah, it takes some time, right? Like, it's a very harsh game early on. Like, when you start playing and you don't really understand the systems or the menus or kind of the crafting at all, you end up in this weird cycle of loneliness where you're desperate to find somebody else to help you out. And then you hope that they trust you, and that you trust them, and that neither of you is going to bash the other one's head in with a rock. Uh, so if you're going to play Rust, which I highly recommend that you do, because it's fantastic, uh, find people who you know who are willing to play with you, and that desperately try to find them in a server. Yeah, so that was my problem. I didn't read, when I first started playing, I didn't read any FAQs, nothing. And that's uh, the, I, I, would, I want to say that is absolutely the way to play. Do not go into Rust knowing all the tricks. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I didn't read anything. I just hopped in. Well, that's, that's what happened to me, and I'm just... I, well, I spawned, to be fair, I spawned right in front of a zombie, and I had no <laughs> idea what I was supposed to do. And I died. Yeah. And I still... I've Like I said, I've probably put, like, seven, eight hours in, maybe. And I still have so many questions, which is why I thought it'd be such a good idea to do this, this Rust cast. <laughs> Indeed. Because... Yeah. I just I just don't understand some things I just don't understand still. I still like I find myself playing I'll play for like an hour and I will gather so much crap and I will like start crafting and then I die and then I lose all my shit <laughs> and I'm in the middle of fuck knows where and I'm like uh -huh. fuck 
I just spent like three. I spent hours just now doing nothing. Now I have nothing. Uh, that's such a demoralizing feeling to collect yeah. all of these supplies and to start something and have somebody roll up with a machine gun and either just gun you down without even knowing who they are, without words, to be tricked when someone says like, I'm friendly, I'm friendly, let's, let's be friends, and they murder you, or yes. for them to do something more sadistic, which is something we do quite a lot, which is to basically <laughs> emotionally torture people. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> so it's Rust is unique in that it gives you the opportunity to you know, the entire thing is based on the idea that players' experiences are all kind of emergent. There's nothing authored about the game. There's no story. There's no goals. They just put you in a sandbox, and then the chemistry of the players kind of creates the story. Okay. And the stories that we're telling, more often than not, now that we've kind of risen to power in our server, and we have supplies, and we have guns, and we have C4, and we have powerful friends, is what can we do to make everybody else's lives miserable? <laughs> so there, there are instances where, you know, on a on a small scale example, we found a guy out in Hacker Valley, which is the most resource-rich place in the entire game. We kind of set up camp near it and have staked a claim that it is ours. So anybody we see in there, we're like, hmm, you should probably leave because it's really dangerous out here. And when they don't, we're like, listen, we're the danger. You should probably leave. And that's the last warning they get. If they stay, if they start stealing all of the resources in the area, and I do say stealing, say stealing because they are our resources. <laughs> Uh, if people try to take our stuff, we gun them down and take everything they have. So we found a guy in the in the valley, and we suggested he leave, and he didn't. And we were, we said, well, okay, you know what? It's you're new, you don't really know a whole lot about this, but you found a really good area. We're gonna help you build a place. Uh, throw down your building supplies. We have a ton of building supplies, and we'll build you a badass home. So he does, and he gives us everything he has. And we build a couple foundations. We throw up some pillars. We throw up some walls. We throw up a doorway. And I throw down a ceiling and I say, hey, can you grab this ceiling and put it up here so you have like, people can't come in from above? And this guy grabs it, and the first thing I do is throw a door on his doorway. And the way <laughs> things work in Rust is that I am the only person who can so open funny. that door unless I share the key code for the door with somebody else. <laughs> so we locked this dude in there, and he got really mad. Uh, and eventually we, we tortured him by playing music over the VoIP because you can do that, uh, and it's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic to be in the middle of a raid and have somebody blowing Venga Boys. Wow. Yeah. Like, that's just a special experience. Um, but then we, we let him out, and we're like, all right, we're just messing with you, but we wanted to send a message. We wanted to indicate that we have power over tell you. Tell your friends. You can have these resources when we tell you you can. And the first thing he does, he goes and starts mining wood, and I say, I did not tell you you could have this wood. Stop mining the wood, and he didn't stop. And I said, if that wood pile disappears, I'm going to murder you. And it disappeared, and I murdered him. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? So, everybody get on that server. Yeah, no shit. U.S. East Coast, uh, New York, wiped one nine. Active admins. Okay, so you're playing on an official server? No, this is a custom server. Oh, okay. uh, it's a friend of a friend owns it, oh, and there's okay. a bunch of people. Uh, it's like a bunch of like GFW fans who used to listen to like Sean Elliott and Anthony Gallegos' podcast, and then okay. now they also join it because of Rebel FM. So there's a bunch of IGN people, there's a bunch of Rebel FM people, and there's a bunch of uh, Irrational Games people playing on that server. Cool. Oh, wow. My and server. all of us want to make your lives as miserable as possible. <laughs> yeah. We have people at work who are like, hey, could I join your server? And I'm like, yeah, totally, yeah, here's the, here's the server. And they're like, okay, cool, where are you, how do I find you, and how do I join your clan? And I say, well, you don't. Like, that's not how this works. <laughs> like, you're my friend in real life, but in Rust... You're a potential threat because you could rise to power and you could get a little greedy and maybe want what I have. So I don't trust you entirely in that game. 
<laughs> oh, Wait, so shit, do you have awesome. a crew or are you playing like solo? No, I, so we have a crew and the crew has actually grown fairly substantially as more people I know join the server. Okay. And we've basically built a small town full of like wooden buildings and metal towers and we're right. gonna build a sign that says do not enter. Okay. And just put up a bunch of pillars and throw some wood walls on it and spell out some stuff to people. Cool. Um, <laughs> does yeah, metal do like metal houses degrade? Because I know the wood ones too. Um, I know. That, I'm though. pretty sure that everything decays because you have to okay. use metal. The one part of the update was uh, you can no longer repair metal with wood. Now you have to use metal fragments to repair wood or metal structures. Wait, how do you repair stuff? So if you have wood on you and you want to repair wood, drop wood into your taskbar, and then okay. just press one, two, three, four, five, six oh on whatever God. you want to repair. Okay. So can uh, you like if I build a noob shack? Yeah. Can I repair that, or does it? Can you only repair houses that you build? Uh, you can repair anything. We okay. have a bunch of foundations with wood pillars on them outside of our place, so that nobody okay. can build up to get into our towers. Right. Um, and we every morning we go out, we get wood, and we repair those. Okay. Wow, that would be <laughs> super helpful. <laughs> to know. Yeah. Uh, you just have everything decaying and exploding and oh, falling apart. Oh no, nothing of ours is decayed yet, but we've started noticing people around us like their stuff decaying. Because I've yeah. only had it since Friday. Like I played twenty four hours since Friday. Um. So. Basically, what we're doing now is just we're trying to build up guns and, like, armor. Because people on our server, there's a ton of people who seem to just, like, instantly get Kevlar. Which uh, yeah, I mean, you can find that stuff in Rad Towns if you're careful Yeah, we're it. by, we call it the army base. I know that's not what it is. It's the, like, it looks like a little base. It's got a wall around it, and the road goes right through it. Oh, yeah, that's we're the right uh, by Rad Town. And that, uh, that spawns guns a lot, but we've never found Kevlar there. We found Rad Gear and guns. Interesting. So, like we're looking okay. for Kevlar. So guns actually do spawn in the game. They don't. Yeah. You don't always. Have oh to yeah, yeah. Them. You don't need airdrops for the best supply. The only thing that airdrops drop that you can't just find, I'm pretty sure, is explosives, C4, and supply flares. Or yeah, supply that's, grenades. That's true. I looked that up. Um, yeah, C4 is like so invaluable right now. We finally learned how to. Well, I mean, research kits. We should explain that, I guess, right? Um, Go ahead. If you find something in the game that you can't craft, which is a lot of the better stuff, besides a revolver, it's pretty much every gun. Uh, you and you need a research kit, and once you get a research kit, which you can find in like a chest or off a zombie, you just drag it onto whatever you want to learn how to craft while you're at a workbench, and you'll be able to craft it from then on. So, so it's like blueprints. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's basically acts as an instant blueprint because you can find yeah. a blueprint to make a shotgun, or if you have a research yeah. kit, you can just drag it onto the shotgun and then learn to make the shotgun. Right. Ah, uh, mm, okay. okay. I see. And shotgun blueprints drop like so much on our server. We, uh, yeah, like, blueprints are super common. Like you just go on a rad town run and kill a few zombies, or you go into houses and grab some boxes. You're gonna find hollow sites. You're gonna find silencers. Yeah. You're gonna find. We, we shotguns. can make all that now, and we can finally make uh, explosives and. Um, Explosive charges, so that's that's when it, I felt like it really started to get good because these guys would they haven't figured out where we live because we hit our stuff like really well we hit a shack really well. Okay. And so, like <laughs> they shack. think they think we have like a little town and they keep coming to like like fuck with us there, but we don't keep anything there that we don't like that we need. So uh -huh. they think we live there and they keep coming to fuck with us. So we waited till they got offline and we like followed them home and they didn't see us. Oh, that's us. the best. So we've been all day. We've been crafting C4. We call it C4. We've been crafting explosive charges. Yeah, I mean everyone so calls it C4. It's yeah. what it is. So we follow these guys home. We wait for them to make sure they log off, 
And then we find that their house, they built like just all metal doors, but we had about 10 C4 at this point. Yeah. So we like blew our way in, and they were killing us with our guns, which was just like why we wanted revenge on them. So we ended up taking basically all their stuff, killing them. We broke their sleeping bags and beds, and now they're off the <laughs> just server. Just go in. And just <laughs> they're like the raid. You're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now there's a new threat. They've, like, moved in on our place. So we're trying to just build up Kevlar armor because that's the only thing that's holding us back from, like, really killing people. Because everyone you guys else notice, seems to have it. Like, when you try to talk to people about this game or you're in public talking about what you've done, like, we had this problem the other day. Is A friend of mine, James, who's on our server, we went out for breakfast and we were just talking about this raid we were planning, this big heist, like, it was our big job. And the conversation we were having... To the outside listener who didn't play yeah. Rust, sounded like we were robbers and serial killers. Yeah, yeah. Because when you talk about Rust, you don't talk about it like it's a game. You talk about the people as the as though they're people. Because there's this right. weird investment because you know that, like, they have behaviors in this game that are like people. You know, they're out and they're they're doing things because they have goals. They have things they want to accomplish. They have lives that they're trying to live. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And, uh, so okay, before we get any deeper in this. Let's let's explain to people who, because I know a lot of people that are listening are are people that are like myself or like Anthony that haven't gotten to a certain level or haven't even played yet. Right. So, how do the servers? How would you explain the servers work when you log off? Unless you're on like a no sleeper, when you log off, you're still your your character is still there sleeping. Yes. Yeah, I mean when you when you exit Rust, your character just it's funny to watch someone log off because their character just falls down and lands in whatever position he lands in. It's hysterical. <laughs> and that guy's body is just there until he logs in next. So if you are in the middle of a field and you're like, alright, I'm done for the night, and you log off, someone is going to find you and oh, they're going to wow. kill you and they're going to take everything you have. Right. So that's why you want to have beds and sleeping bags that let you respawn. That's why you're going to want to set up like even a shit shack in the mountains so that you have somewhere to stay in overnight and hope that somebody doesn't find you. Or you want to build a defensible home. Right. That, and that's that's my next question. Okay, so you have to have either a bed or a sleeping bag in order to respawn back at your place, right? Yes, or wherever you placed it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and if you don't have one and you're mm -hmm. just out in the wilderness hunting and you die, how do the respawns work? So you can either respawn at a camp, which respawns you near some of the pre-made civilizations, or you can just hit respawn and it will spawn you at a random point somewhere in the world. Do not recommend doing that. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> That's what I've done a couple times, and I was like, "Where?" Which leads me to my next question that people have asked: How does the map work? Like, there is no in-game map. That's correct. The so if you go to rustmap.net, there's like a that's kind of the universally accepted map because it has all these location names, and it's basically I'm pretty sure it's just like a top-level view of the actual map in the game. Like somebody probably broke it, zoomed out, and captured it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it gives you an idea of where things are. But otherwise, it's like, I mean, people made that map via colloquial discussion about where they were. So they're like, I'm in this place. It's like, okay, I'm going to call it Hacker Valley because there's so many resources that people think we're hacking. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it, the gist of it is, like, to know where you are, like, look for Mount Everest, which is the big, big mountain, and look for the sun. Like, be aware of where the sun is setting or rising. That gives you an idea of east and west. Try yeah, and because it does still... Oh, so that actually it, works. it is still, like, real life. It, it, it rises in the east and sets in the west. Yep, and that's the only real indication you get in terms of, like, a compass or whatever. Um, which which leads into the next question. It has day, The game has day-night cycles. Yeah. When it gets dark, 
And I haven't quite figured out how long they last. Do you know how long a day and how long a night lasts? Oh, no, because like, when I log time? into Rust, I'm like, yeah. time just evaporates, and I don't really, I'm like, <laughs> oh, that was, it could be five minutes, it could be an hour, I have no idea. Because at this point, like, we are so confident and strong that we'll, we basically roll around in Kevlar with guns all the time. Uh, so if we're going on resource runs, we'll just roll out with M4s and Kevlar. He's like um, Negan. Uh, dude, man, our server basically has a bunch of Negans in it. Uh, but we have, like, we'll roll around with flashlights and torches out now because we're not afraid if people see us. If people want to come out and try to fuck with us, we're going to take them down. So Yeah, because that's that's the weird thing is when it's dark... It's fucking dark, and unless yeah, there's you have this a weird torch, phase where it's like it's twilight, so it's like oh, it's nice, and the the world has like a nice blue tinge to it, and then it just goes pitch black, and you can't see a goddamn thing. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I I got caught out. I went up north. I just followed the the what I assume is the ocean all the way up. I thought, well, I'll find something. About, I'll find a place. I didn't know the map just continues on. I didn't know that it like yep. Yep. kind of is never ending. I went, I walked for like, or ran for like 30 minutes, and then it got dark, so I used my torch. I pull my torch out, and my torch goes out, and I don't have enough resources to make another torch. All I could Great. do is make a campfire. So I make a campfire, I throw the campfire down, but it's so dark that I lost it. I didn't know where it went. Oh, no. <laughs> you just had so to wait I was for like, sun up to find your fucking yeah. torch that you made. <laughs> yep. I was just like, all right, well, fuck, I guess I'll just log. I'm, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I don't think anybody's going to find me. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just log off and wait till the morning. God, this game is so brutal and unforgiving. I love it. <laughs> it really well, is. In those situations, I've discovered that the best thing to do for me was to F1 suicide. Yep. Yep. You can oh, F- that's another you question. So, and then you just type suicide and hit enter. F1 brings up like a console menu. And then it'll just spawn you somewhere random. Like, my first thing to do wherever I spawn is, like, find the road. Because it's a big circle. And that's how we find where we live. It's based off the road. Yeah, and especially because people are dumb and they build on the road. Yeah, so, like, in the middle of the road, people will build their so house. so dumb. Don't do that. If you start playing Rust, build, like, in the mountains, in the fields. Yeah. Get away from, like, easily... Identifiable, spa- identifiable spaces because somebody will find you and they will roll you over. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't matter if you have a metal door or a wood door. Peop- if you have a closed door, it's going to get blown open. Like, yeah, I assume. will find a way into your home. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, Mitch will come and kill you in your sleep. <laughs> like, we've learned the hard way on that. And there's this big, huge metal house that looks like it's occupiable. It's totally not. And I think it, <laughs> I think it like, wipes people who sleep in it. It just. Oh, wow. Weird. Like we've we've like encountered it happening. Like these guys took all our shit, common occurrence, and they moved in there. And we like went ten minutes. We saw them log off. Went in ten minutes later to raid them, and their doors disappeared and they just were gone. Oh so, good. Yeah. So it's like this huge metal house by. It's like the Tartars. The base. Yeah, it's crazy. So we tried living in there and we got wiped, but we had nothing. And it's like every time we lose everything, we're like, oh, it's gonna take so long to get back to this point. It takes like half as long because we know what we're doing and then we get farther and we're like whoa I didn't even know you could do this it's like you're always learning new stuff which is cool something I'm really curious about whenever I talk to people who are playing Rust and it's going to be interesting with you guys who have recently started is like what is the server lore for you guys because every server has its own cast of characters and its own scenarios and settings and campaigns that have their own stories to tell so like what in the, like what is the overall story of your server well ours is that we call pretty much 
any group of people who kill us Kevlar Kings because that's what they are. They have Kevlar and M4s. Oh, good. So our goal is basically we don't trust anyone. And it's like if someone comes near our camp, we don't care if they're naked or like have nothing or have everything. We'll say, yo, are you friendly? And if they say, yeah, we'll be like, okay, we're going to let you go. And then oh, if man. They're, you guys if they're, are way nicer than we are. Yeah. And if they, but if they like hover for like five seconds, we literally count to five. And if they are still there, we mow them down. Uh, and see, our protocol is as soon as we see anybody, it's like jump check, jump check, and everyone jumps. And if that guy doesn't jump, we all chase oh, after that's him. Awesome. And we don't say, like, nobody is going to say, I'm not friendly. Nobody, if you yell friendly, nobody's going to go, not me, fuck off. Right. Like, what those, what, so we've decided, like, we just chase people down and we just yell identify. Because we want to know who this person is before we potentially unload on them. Okay. And if they don't, then we just unload on them. And it's like, well, you had your chance. Sorry. So the way our server works is, like, the, the Kevlar Kings, everyone's scared of them. So if you don't have Kevlar and you have a gun, no one will have it out. Because if the Kevlar guys see you have a gun, they'll just kill you and take it. Right. But they, they don't really just kill on site. But if you have any type of clothes other than, like, the base clothing, they think you have stuff and they'll kill you. So no one keeps guns out. So if we ask if they're friendly and they're not, they always pull out the gun and that takes a second. So that's, we already have our guns out at this point. Yeah. That's why then you ask. know, like, all right, yeah. this is how it's going down. Yeah. We like this learn how this you die. Time. Yeah. Cause they don't, the Kevlar guys don't leave their house that often because there's only three usually at a time. Yeah. They don't want to lose their stuff. So like we hover near, we're near them. We know where they live. They don't know where we are, which is what we're like hinging on right now. <laughs> okay, so you so, guys haven't seen the map, so I assume you don't know where you're hiding. So you don't know if it's like a secure spot, if it's resource rich. Um, do you guys we, tend to like just roam out and try to find stuff? Like right, okay. Um, do you, you do you know what I'm talking about when I say the base has the road going right through it, yep. right through the middle? Okay. Yep. Like, there's behind or right behind it, these guys built an obelisk, so we use we always look for that. And okay. If you go out of it one way, you find that big metal house I was talking about, and uh, the airplane hangar. So okay, yeah, we we're like right between the hangar and that we call it the army. You're base. like right in the middle of shit, man. Yeah, but yeah, y'all are in our, a bad place. Yeah, we know. <laughs> so. But we we <laughs> hid in our house, so we've hidden a like a noob shack in the mountains so well that we found a texture that literally looks exactly like the wood, so you can't even see it. Unless you are standing in front of it, that's got spectacular. So I love lucky. that. So no one's ever found it. That's where we keep all our good stuff. And so basically, what we do, there's this huge valley behind that has nothing in terms of houses or chests or anything. So no one goes out there. Right. So we just farm it all day. It has animals and it has a few rocks and wood. So we farm that for metal and wood and everything and rocks. And then once we build up a little bit, we'll get bows and arrows and then go out to the base naked to make runs in case we get killed. So we just take a bow, we farm zombies, and we go to the base, and then we'll come home. And if we get killed, we're like, so what? That stuff respawns anyway. So we've been doing that, but we want to venture out farther because we think, like, there's better rad towns to search through farther out. Like that's okay. what. So that's 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 another question that that I guess we should probably explain to people. There there is pockets of like radiated towns in the map. And it's one thing I don't understand. Like I've I've started tracking into some of these radiated towns, only to realize that if you're in there too long, it kills you. When you back out of these towns, do you need to take 
take something to get rid of the radiation poisoning, or is it just eventually? So go it away? will it will de decay over time. That radiation will evaporate. But yeah. if you get too high of a, of a radiation, then what you need to do is uh, eat tuna, drink water, eat radiation pills if you can <clears> find them, and that decreases your radiation faster. So it's kind of a race between oh I'm I'm way too irradiated and I'm losing health rapidly and just devouring all of these items that will decrease it. Right. Um, where, the alternative where is to wear a radiation suit, which kind of decreases the rate at which you take radiation in, but leaves you super defenseless because it's garbage for armor. Yeah. Um, those are really easy to find too. The... Yeah, I mean it's because they're basically worthless and they're super yeah. easy to make. But it's yep. the risk of it's the risk reward of okay I'm gonna wear this suit in the radiation town so that I can spend more time in it. But if somebody comes across me, they're probably just going to shoot me in the face and kill me instantly. <laughs> yeah, and, um, that's why we go out naked. Cause, and we we are always under the impression that if we die, we're fine. And we can usually get Jimmy back. Jimmy and his boys. <laughs> yeah. It's like me and uh, me and uh, two other guys. My housemate and then my best friend from home. And we have like other friends drop in, drop out. But that's like our main crew right now. And yeah. Like, three just seems to be the magic number on our server, so we're going to try <laughs> and get a couple more friends in so that we can kind of try and overpower people. And sometimes, well, and if we stay up until, like, three or four in the morning, we'll go out and find houses and try and kill people while they're sleeping, just to, like, thin it out a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's the trick, right? Like, we see a lot of people out in Next Valley, which is kind of on the other side of Hacker Valley across the mountain range. Okay. Uh, we go out there, and what we see a lot is people with shit shacks, which is like the easy, quick wooden yeah. shack that you can build, and requires no foundations, no wood planks, none of that shit. People put metal doors on it thinking they're safe, because the metal doors are indestructible unless you have C4, but the shit shacks can be destroyed regardless of the metal door, so you can just beat away on it with a hatchet or a pickaxe, and break down their entire building and rob them blind. Right. So we've found a lot of people who have tons of great gear that they're hiding behind one metal door in a shit shack. Right. Everyone assumes that because they're using a shit shack, no one will think they have anything good. But it's like, yeah. you just know. That's where most of the good stuff is. Like, people have learned that if you have a big house, people are going to come and blow it up either way. Like, regardless, you're going to get blown up once or twice. So everyone yep. hides their stuff in shit shacks, like, within walking distance of big houses. Yep. So we'll look and for big houses and just circle around until we find something. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's easy once you figure out how people are on your server. <laughs> yeah, and so that's to the be fucked clear. up thing, right? Is you're exploiting people, yeah. like human beings who are playing <laughs> yes. on the server because there is there's limited AI, there's limited PVE because there are zombies which are actually going to be taken out of the game, and yeah. there's animals that you can hunt. Beyond that, it's all people. It's human beings playing this game, building up shacks together or trying to survive alone. And your entire purpose in this game is to be better than them, just in case they go on you. Which typically entails taking them out before they can take you out. Right. So you try to exploit their weaknesses <laughs> to, you know, obliterate them. Exactly. And, like, the other advantage we have on our server is that once we wipe these people, they tend to get, like, pissed and leave the server. But now it's at the point we've been there the longest, even after two days. So we know more than a lot of the people who are trying to fuck with us at any given time, which is helpful. But... Yeah, we're, we basically now just have to expand outwards to different parts of the map so we can learn it. Because we, we're going through a cycle. If we keep Every time we get good stuff, someone will come with like full Kevlar armor and jacket from us with an M4. M4s oh, man, are so good. They're, yeah, it's and the ammo is like impossibly expensive. Yeah, the 5.56 ammo, 
We've never had an M4. We've had one once, and we weren't able to research it. So we have like 750 5.56 ammo now stockpiled. Perfect. Which is great. So once we find one, we'll be <laughs> sitting pretty. But we're not going to use it until we have Kevlar. I just I, I, w- I want to be clear so everybody knows. I'm on the same server as Jimmy. And while he's doing all this stuff down in the town, I've traveled so fucking far up the <laughs> coast of uh, in north that, like, I'm that dude that you see on Discovery Channel that has that TV show where he lives in Montana and he has no fucking civilization around him and he, like, lives naked in the snow with a campfire. <laughs> like, that's that's my life in Rust right now is, like, so trying like to find my friend. way. Dude, wow. I'm trying to find my way back down the coast, but I keep getting lost because it, it, nighttime hits. And then I run out of resources because once you get far enough off of the map, at least from what I've noticed, there are no resources. I mean, you have to take an axe to a tree, which gives you one wood per hit. Yeah, Yeah, you really do have to uh, seek out certain spaces and get a lay of the land and understand where the resource nodes are spawning to really take advantage of that. And then you have to be better and stronger than the people who are also camping that area trying to get those resources to build better homes. Yeah. And not only that, but if all you have is that that stone axe or stone hatchet, killing animals is so incredibly hard. Like <laughs> I find myself impossible. chasing pigs. Like <laughs> you have to you have to run and get ahead of the pig a little bit, and then stop and swing your axe and hope that he comes underneath you. Yeah. In order to hit the pig, it's just like what what is the bet? I mean, aside from me being smarter and and finding a gun or building a bow. Like, there is no better way to collect resources as far as, like, cloth and food and animal fat and that sort of stuff, right? Well, yeah, the better way is to murder people who have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't even find another person. Look, I'm telling you, you just got to find the road. That is the... Yep. The find the road, of, run laps, it's kill a everybody. big old circle, too. That's I am a, so far off the beaten path at this point. Uh, yeah, then I would just <laughs> kill yourself and res- try and respawn in an area that has resources because that means you're probably close to a road somewhere so that's another thing that I think people should know when you die what happens to the resources you have on you they uh, live in a backpack that anybody can come steal how long do the backpacks stay out there do you know Mitch I don't because I have a pretty amazing backpack on top of Mount Everest that I really want to go get but it might be gone by now yeah, that's happened to us a couple times. We've like gotten them stuck places we can't get back to. Um, yeah. What do you do when supply planes come? Do you guys pretty much get them every time? Uh, no, we actually don't get them that often uh, because we are typically out doing our own thing. Okay. Scattered, like we're chasing down this guy because he killed one of our guys, so we're going to get revenge. Other people are getting resources. <laughs> Other people in Radtown runs. And by the time the plane comes, we're like, oh, shit, two of us are near it, but it's not going to be enough to fight off the ten guys who are going to go for it. Right. The best way we've figured out is either we'll go naked and hope to get lucky, or yeah, we'll go, yeah, yeah. we'll wait till like, three or four in the morning when no one's on. And then just, like, last night, or two nights ago, we got all three boxes for three planes, and it was amazing. Like, they came three days in a row, like, two feet away from our house. It was in, It was just straight luck. And that's how we got started really yeah before that we were like haha cool we made a hatchet so sweet and a bow and then after that we're like whoa we made guns (laughs) that's where i'm at still we made a revolver (laughs) oh this revolver sucks we made a nine millimeter now what's up guys and that's like and then yesterday when we started playing at night we thought we were all big and mighty and then we got iced hard and that's when we were like all right 
we need some Kevlar. So that's been our mission. We need to rethink this. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun listening to you guys talk about your adventures and how, like, because you're just, you're babies. You're just adorable little babies. Just oh, I love it. I feel like I learn every time I die. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I learned something new. Like, I, every time I feel like I'm getting far, I'm like, whoa, there's so much more to this. I feel like I want to break my fucking computer every time I die. Dude, I'm, never I'm just like, why am I playing this? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. See, I got I got past that pretty early because what we realized is... So you can plant a sleeping bag, and the way the respawn system in this game works is you plant a sleeping bag, and you respawn there when you die. And then there's a five-minute timer before you can use that sleeping bag again. But if you plant another sleeping bag and you die, you'll go to that second one, and right. so on through the third, fourth, fifth. So during raids, we'll plant ten sleeping bags outside someone's place, and then just respawn endlessly when we die. Uh, they recently patched it out, though, that if you respawn on a sleeping bag, all of your other sleeping bags in the area deactivate oh. within, oh. like, a hundred-meter radius. Because people were doing what we were doing, which is basically just zerg rushing. <laughs> right. So here's the trick, though. In order to, in order to make a sleeping bag, you got to have cloth. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't have. <laughs> Man, you just That's kill my problem. Make a bow, shoot uh, some deer, kill some bears. I know, and then bears. it's like, okay, I'm gonna make a bow. Oh wait, I need cloth to make a bow. <laughs> just like, fuck. You gotta find. Pigs. It's like, oh dude, I chased these pigs down. Okay, yesterday, perfect example. I found a pig, and I'm like, this fucker's dying. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hack babe apart. I'm gonna take all the parts that I need. I'm gonna get some cloth. So finally, after like five minutes of chasing this fucking pig, I kill it. And then to my right is a white wolf, and to my left is a bear. <laughs> they start running after me, and I'm like, "Well, fuck!" I turn around, start running, and you got to outrun one of those things. You got to run a little ways. Yeah. So I got, I started like trying to bob and weave through like trees and into the mountains, and I finally got rid of them. And I turn around, and I'm like, "I have no fucking clue where that pig was that I killed." Like, <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, my, I think you should just honestly just kill yourself and get to the road. That's like the only thing I can stress to you. Yeah, I mean you can you can also supply your stuff in a place yeah. in the mountains. Like we have a hidey hole in the game that is like hidden away in a mountain that nobody knows about, just in case some shit goes really badly. Exactly. Um, and we all know where to go for that, so it could be helpful that for you to have one of those that you kind of sort of maintain, and you can kill yourself and always go back to it. Right. <laughs> And um, make a bow. The bow is way overpowered. Like it'll kill. It does more damage than the MP5. Right, and it'll kill most zombies in one hit. It'll kill the slow black ones, like the color black. Not, not a racist joke. Here. Now it's awkward. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it is now. <laughs> it'll it takes four arrows to kill those ones, and I, I th is there a third type of zombie? Is there like a gray zombie? No, they're just okay. They're, they're just one red. hits okay. and just not one and hits. Slow. Okay. Yeah, and I mean the not one hit ones are drop Kevlar boots a lot. That's what we've discovered. That's the only thing yeah. we can make. So I don't know. I would just build a bow as fast as you can. All you need is like stone and cloth and uh, wood, and then you'll be set. <laughs> I just can't find cloth. <laughs> oh man, it's I so can't believe you can't find cloth, man. That shit is the easiest. Like, yeah, find one chest and you'll find ten cloth probably. I kill I kill uh, these pigs or these boars or whatever, and they give me like three cloth, and that does mean. Or nothing. make a hatchet. I can make a torch, right? Yeah, I make a I make a hatchet, but it still it still takes. I mean, what does it take? A few hits. Like like five or six hits to a, to a pig in order to kill it with a hatchet. I think I skirted around what you're going through because I started exactly the same time with my friend. 
So basically, we would one of us would go and like say, "Hey, bear, chase me," and then the other one would chase behind the bear because the bear will just infinitely chase the person even if you're hitting it. It won't like switch to you. So while he was getting chased, I would hit the bear and kill it, and then we'd both take all the stuff and we just farmed it like that for a while, and that's what we still do. I guess so I need like, a friend to play with. I'm on know. your server, Jimmy. I'm just lost in the north somewhere. Yeah, as I'm telling you, once you find us, I can give you some... Okay. <laughs> so no, once once I find you, you'll be like, <laughs> jump, and then you'll shoot me. No, I promise. <laughs> well, that's no. another question. So, like, when you see somebody, it, I notice, like, it's not like their, their tag shows up above their head. How do you know who's who? Uh, that's the fun thing, is that you don't until you get close exactly. enough to kind of learn that man's face. Because you, in order to type, unless you're using voice chat, in order to type, you have to stop moving and stuff. Uh -huh. And like, I'm sitting here, I see somebody, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna type real quick. So I stop, and I'm like, oh fuck, my cat locks is on. And then I'm trying to type like, I'm happy, friendly, don't kill me, please. And then I'm dead. That's Are my favorite playing? thing is seeing somebody mistype the word friendly. So it's like yeah. F D R L N Y, and you're like, all right, that guy's dead. <laughs> That's not a word. Um, Chris, <laughs> yeah. are you playing with a headset? No, I'm not. Oh, you need you to get got a it, man. You have to. I know. Because if, you, if you're if you in-game and you have a headset, if you hold V and you talk, anyone near you will hear you, which is so invaluable. So you can just yell friendly and keep running and stuff, which is good. So if they start shooting you, you can just keep running while you're yelling friendly. <laughs> I'm friendly. <at> so, <laughs> dude, I ran for like 20 minutes yesterday while a guy chased me with a bow and arrow. Okay, and I can just see the bows like whizzing. Not seen anything. Dude, I could just see the bows oh, like God. whizzing, or the arrows whizzing by my head. Until finally one of them caught me, and it took me down to like twenty five percent health. God, just the like, arrows are the the best. The the only thing keeping the bow in check is that you can't sprint while you're shooting it. Because yeah. if if that were if that were the case, it would just like it wouldn't even be fun. I don't think because it's so easy to make. Everyone would farm it. Just have a ton of bows. But, well, and yeah. you can't you can't run and like swing an axe at the same time, can you? Uh, you, you, you no, you do it. have to, yeah, you can, like, if you're chasing a pig, you can sprint, and then stop sprinting, and walk, and just ha get a couple hits in, and then do that again. Yeah. yeah, and if you're sprinting, if you stop, and then click, and then start sprinting again, you'll do the swing while you're sprinting, so you only stop for a millisecond, which is kind of mm. cool. These, these yeah. are tricks I have not learned. This mm -hmm. game sounds so time-intensive, dude, <laughs> like, I'll never so, get to the point where I have anything. Anthony, <laughs> when do you want to play? Dude, like, I want to play right now. <laughs> yeah, if you have, like, homework and stuff to do. Yeah. Luckily, while I was, like, really sick last week, so I knocked out my homework for Tuesday. So I just have, like, endless time. If you have things to do, do not play. Yeah, because you, you'll, like, you'll be like, what? It's 5 in the morning. Holy crap. Yeah, when yeah. I play Rust, I commit to the idea that, like, this is my day. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you have to. You, can't, you yeah. can't do really anything in 30 minutes. You can figure out who's on the server, and that's about it. So yeah, that's I guess well, we that's have, a downfall, but not really because it's fun. Right. We have we have a couple listener questions that we okay. should probably okay. answer. So uh, so William Montgomery asked, and this is a good question. Although we've we've, we've kind of covered it. Um. Uh. He recently just picked up Rust, and uh, he's lost, and he uh -huh. wants to know what is the most important things to do when you're first starting. Know the road. Kind of defeats the purpose. Don't though, build right? near the road, and pretty good. <laughs> yeah, find the road, make a shack, and a door. Then you, you hear that, Anthony? Yeah, sleeping bag. <laughs> Just the basic stuff. I mean, 
I wouldn't recommend it, but there are there's like a few good beginners guides out, and I wouldn't recommend looking at because it it's fun to discover. But if you're just getting pissed, just look up beginners guide or something. I'll tell yeah. you, find the road, make a house, like all the basic stuff. So, Tyler Green asks, I guess, kind of a similar question. Okay. Uh, he says, "How difficult is this game to pick up and play? Is there a very steep learning curve?" What 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 would you say to somebody asking this question? I mean, it, it's really punishing, and I don't recommend it for everybody because it is a very it's for a very specific kind of masochist who's willing to deal with the punishment of the kind of game that it is. So you have to be ready for loss, and you have to be prepared for the idea that you are not going to succeed for a long time. Yeah. So yeah. also play with friends for the love yeah, of God. Yeah, you do. You have to play with people. If you don't play with people. You're playing. You you better like run way up north like me and yeah. play Minecraft. <laughs> you just end up in like, the tundra like Chris. Yeah. So that's that's another question though. Do you recommend somebody when they're starting? Do you recommend them playing on an official server or? So the official servers are weird because they get wiped pretty regularly. Every time there's yeah. an update, the entire server wipes and you lose everything and you start from scratch, which is fine because the trade-off there is you have way more people than most customer modded servers. Um, but we've been playing in a in a like a user community server, and that's been great because when updates roll out, they just apply the update without wiping the server. So we get to keep all of our stuff. Plus, we get the added bonuses of stuff like beds and uh, the shared door stuff, and that's been great. Right. Uh, you can also find modded servers that will, you know, they cut the crafting time in half, or they have cars, or they have other weird things that don't exist in other servers. Oh, the crafting time ones are great because I've been on a couple that don't even have them and it's like oh this is the best yeah, yeah. halfcraft is really nice um i was gonna ask you a question um well that that was kind of my question though is how often do these servers get wiped because i feel like i don't want to spend like 30 hours in here building some crazy shit and then all of a sudden the server get wiped yeah are you playing on an official server i'm not no. he's okay playing on a community with me but then it's kind of at the discretion of the admin yeah. I so I mean, they they've said they do have right. the power to do that, though, right? They they can wipe it. Oh yeah, time. yeah, big time. They can teleport Ugh. too, which is kind of weird. Um, that sounds like. Oh, fun. Mitch, do you know if, like, if I find and research stuff, does that transfer between servers, or is that just server to server? You know, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that your character is bound to a server. So I think if you okay. learn to make an M4 in one server, you have to do it again in another. But I'm not entirely sure about that. Yeah, I was told the like, same thing by a player. Okay. My, I just got off Terraria, so I'm like... <laughs> my mind's mixing things up in, in both games, because they are kind of similar in some ways. Right. Because so, like in Terraria, your character is global. It like goes to every server, has the same stuff. Man, but okay, cool. So we got another question from uh, from Simon. And this, is, this one's directed at you, Mitch. And it, it may be a pipe dream question, but it's a good question. Uh, he says, first off, uh, Rust looks awesome. Can't wait to try it. He says, I feel Rust would be an awesome Vita experience. So I'm wondering, is there any chance we could see it come to consoles at any time? One, that's the most insane thing I've ever heard. Two, <laughs> right? almost certainly not. I mean, yeah. this is a game that relies on servers and a lot of mods a lot of the time. Um but I just don't think that this game is built for console, at least the way it is now. Like they would have to do some serious tailoring so to the UI, to the kind of the general user experience is made for a PC. They'd have to gamify I, it. 
Yeah, I mean, I just don't know how you would communicate with people right. on a global basis. Right. Yeah. I don't. I, I, as much as I would love to see something like that, I, and people should know at this point, if you don't know this, it, the game is in early alpha. It's by far not a finished product. It's just not a finished game. I had serious issues with it. Well, granted, I was running it on a Mac, but I had serious issues with trying to get it running uh, when I first started playing. So it's, it's an early access game. Right, if you don't the game know itself is totally competent. Like, stuff works. Most of the things that need to work, work, which is good. Like, right. the game has never forced me into a corner where I've lost everything. It's never been the game, it's always been other players. Which is yeah, great. I mean, this. it's also like, it's an always online multiplayer experience, and as much as I would love to, like, play Rust on my commute, the Vita is not the experience I want to have with that. Yeah, I don't no, want to no be way. dealing with this fucking haphazard console that has way too few buttons. Like, I like my Vita, but I like my Vita for Vita experiences, not for Rust. Right. Yeah. Rust doesn't have enough of a single-player experience to make the Vita a viable home for it, I don't think. Yeah, Normally to have a single-player experience would totally rob it of everything it's good for. Right. Yeah. It's, you. I don't know. You, just, you can't play single-player unless you know what you're doing. There's really no way to start alone. Right. Right. And have the amount of fun that you should be having, I think. So I have another question for you, Mitch. Mm-hmm. Since you've been playing since since the the get go, how much has this game changed from oh, yeah. when you started playing it to now? So it's it's a lot of little things that make a big difference. The map itself has never changed, to my knowledge, but there are certain things like just the way you know resources spawn into it. Different you know lag updates have been very nice. But then it's things like adding door sharing, which has been needed for so long. Because <laughs> uh, wait, it just got added. Yeah, I mean, it's something they were tuning and trying to figure out how to make work, because you could share it with certain players, or the way they ended up with it was, okay, well, what if you had a combination lock for every single door you placed? Yeah. And that just kind of says, like, okay, well, my passcode is 1234, and you can punch it in. Now you can access my stuff, too. Hooray, we're friends. Now I just try one, blow my door down. I try it on doors before I blow it open, because it's like, well, someone's stupid, you know? Someone's going to be dumb enough to do that. (laughs) Yeah, also, it's a bunch of people who live on the internet playing a video game. 1337, pro tip. Yep. Works on oh, so many doors. It's awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a lot of little stuff like that that is making a big difference in terms of bringing players together and making it easier to play and yeah. things like that. How, how frequently, because, again, all of us are relatively new, like, within the last couple of weeks, how frequently yeah. are they doing updates? Um... I'd say once every three to four weeks ish. Um, I'm trying to find on their website because they have like on their website there's a blog. Here it is. So if you just go to playrust.com, mm-hmm. there's a the entire thing is a blog. So it's like Friday features January 24th, which was the biggest update recently, and then January 20th was a security patch that kind of killed an exploit and made it harder for hackers to do certain things. And then there was one on January 9th. So there's been a few in January, but there are a lot of little things, like new guns, which are easier to make. Therefore, they made the more expensive guns, like the M4s, harder to make. And then there's periodically, like, security stuff and just teeny tiny updates that make the game run better and things like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, I have one one more question for you, Mitch. Um, What are the Hangar Games? I see you guys tweeting about those. So the Hangar Games is a uh, competitive sport much like the Hunger Games <laughs> that takes place at the hangar where the server's richest and most powerful built an arena 
and recruited anybody who wanted to compete in the Hangar Games uh, <laughs> to their base. They said, okay, come at this time to the Hangar. We can teleport you there if you need to, because the admin is part of the Hangar Games. Okay. And it's basically the competitors gather around a gate, which is surrounded by spike walls. And inside the spike-walled arena is uh, shit shacks without doors, stairways and pillars going up to windowed rooms, and a bunch of crates full of either garbage like rocks or whatever, or guns and ammo and armor. So you can go into this arena, and it's like the Hunger Games, where everyone just mad dashes for the supply crates. And you just run in, and you get what you can, and you try to kill everybody else in the arena. When there's one man left standing they get a few minutes to collect every, everything in the arena that they want to take home, and then they open the gates. The thing is, that person is not escorted back to their base safely. They have to outrun, you know, the ten other dudes they killed <laughs> who are able to kill them and steal the stuff that they <laughs> earned in the Hangar Games. Uh, awesome. The Hangar Games also has a reward of, like, one supply grenade, which lets you call in a airdrop to get crazy good gear. Uh, but then you, you just have to escape and get home safely without escort and hope that these ten dudes wow. with rocks don't chase you down. <laughs> I bet I bet within a couple of months we'll see a Kickstarter for a game that is this. Oh, well, almost definitely, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, well, Rust yeah, so that's... Yeah, that's 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 a little bit about Rust. Just in case, I wanted to do this this podcast because I wanted to get myself and Anthony, who have you know such limited access to the game involved with someone like you, Mitch, who has been playing for a long time and mm-hmm. understands. Because I have so many questions, and I wish I could have found something like this that I could have kind of listened to to kind of give me like a well, I kind of do and I kind of don't, but. To give me a better idea of like what the hell this game is, because I hear so much about it, but I have no idea or had no idea what it was. Right. Yeah, and one of the one so, of the things I wrote for IGN any, uh, about Rust. Anything is, else that you would? Oh. Sorry. So one of the things I wrote for IGN is uh, the importance of being naked and afraid, which is exactly what you're talking about. This the critical nature of this game. Like the the most important thing here is that you understand fear and you appreciate success which is something that a lot of people who join the game are like, all right, cool, so who's going to hook me up with a gun in a safe house? Like, no, don't do that. Suffer for a little bit. Learn to <laughs> to just be afraid of everyone you ever see and learn to appreciate the big, strong structures you see. Because if you just jump in and you get that, that's not interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, my, my advice, being someone who hasn't played a ton so far, is, like... Don't research it a ton. Just kind of jump into it. It might be frustrating a little bit, but that's kind of the fun of the game, you know. Like mm-hmm. I've, even though I've died and lost everything numerous times and couldn't find the crap that I lost and had to start resourcing again, that kind of what makes it fun, or that's kind of what makes it fun. So yeah, I mean, losing everything is definitely deflating, but it's also kind of energizing to go. Okay, I learned my lesson. I learned why I failed, and now I know how not to do that again, and I'm stronger because yeah. of it. Yeah, and you have to ignore paper. If you find paper, just leave it. Oh, no, 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 my friend. I have found a use for paper. It doesn't build anything like it used to, but uh, I have an idea. So I think what we're going to do is I'm going to build a new base, and it's going to be the police station. And uh, uh, my friends and I are going to role-play police officers. (laughs) And what we're going to do is (laughs) distribute papers or tell people, carry papers on you. If you are caught without your papers, we will kill you on site or arrest you. <laughs> There's a use for everything in this game. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Well, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up then. Uh, I feel like I'm going to go play Rust now. I'm going to spend the rest of the day on Rust. Uh, yep, that's a good idea. <laughs> well, uh, 
thanks for joining us. Thanks for Anytime, coming man. on this and e explaining to us noobs about what this rust is. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna follow Mitch, you can follow him on Twitter at MitchyD, right? Yes, sir. Is that correct? Uh, Jimmy Champagne is Jimmy Champagne with no G. Anthony is Necron99, and myself is Life in 24 Frames. This has been Rust Cast, a.k.a. Episode 9 of the 36-Man Podcast. Uh, you can find us again. We're back on uh, iTunes and all the other podcast services, so you can... Uh, we had a little week there where we kind of dropped out, but we are back. So uh, review us, rate us, whatever you got to do. Download it. You can go to 36man.com now and listen to all the back episodes. And uh, we will see you next week. All right. Talk to you guys later. Peace.